fantasy baseball fanatics. How you doing? Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball MDs podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. This is our 56th episode. If you guys have been enjoying the podcast, uh, all we ask is if you can give us a little five-star rating and write a little review. Uh, if you guys listen on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else that we're available. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate it if you subscribe, throw us a like, and uh, maybe a comment, if you will. We're always responding to those comments on YouTube. We love the back and forth with our fans. And uh, I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here with my brother, better half, partner in crime, the man of a million nicknames, uh, Matthew Arne. Matt, how are we feeling today, brother? Doing good, man. You know, holidays, holiday weekend, I'm all full week. It's a good time. There you go. Me too, brother. Yeah, you had a good Christmas and stuff? Uh, yes, sir. Been up. My girl got me uh, NBA 2K23, so that's kind of been what I've been doing lately, a little bit on there. You know, some baseball gear, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, what about you, brother? What'd you get for Christmas? I'm chilling, you know. I got the, I got this beautiful mic, and then my brother-in-law hooked me up with this really nice shirt, the MD's Ooh. logo. Yeah, that is a, fire. Yeah. Second, second we made this, I'm like, I got to get it on a shirt, and he already did it for me. He already had that queued up for Christmas. I'm like, yeah, buddy. That is awesome, brother. I absolutely Thanks, love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Yeah, shout out to Trey. Shout out to Trey for that one. But what all up? right, brother, let's uh, let's uh, hit that finger on the pulse per normal. Uh, so today we got a bunch of cool things lined up for finger on the pulse. And we got uh, a lot of great stuff for later in the episode, so please stay tuned, you know. So for finger on the pulse, we got to start with the big one, uh, Carlos Correa. Yeah, that Carlos Correa saga continues. So the thing was, Correa signed originally with the Giants, 13-year, $350 million mega contract. And it didn't go through because of the physical. Now, they went back to that 2014 injury slash surgery that Correa got on the right fibula and uh, the right ankle. Got a plate put in there. And the Giants did not think it was going to hold up. There was a play this year where Correa slid into second base and he got hit on that surgically repaired leg and he felt a vibration and it went numb for a little bit. But then Correa said as soon as he stood up, it started to feel better and he knew he was good to go. Now, the Mets uh, decided, hey, we're going to swoop in there and we're going to assign Correa to a 12-year, $315 million contract. And that kind of changes things, you know. Uh, Matt, what's your thoughts here so far with everything? We'll get into the rankings and everything in a little bit, but I just would like to hear your thoughts on the this part of the Correa saga. Got you. I mean, well, I mean, he has been a flanges dude forever. So, I mean, they're weak. Him and him and Alberto Montesi are like, you know, roommates. Uh, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, if you can't trust his knee and he's not passing his physical – you know, how can you trust to pay that guy that much money and him return on investment? Because you know what, that's neg that's a negative return. You don't want that as a bit as a as an owner. Uh, and you also don't want that on your team. Because what, you're gonna have your best guy sitting all the time. And I mean, to be completely honest, I wouldn't. And you know, I'm I'm always low on Correa, even though he's gonna play third this year. That's what bumps him up and makes him draftable for me. But other than that, ah. It's not a good situation. I don't think the Mets sign him either. I think he's going to end up somewhere else on like a on like a, a middling club, and he's going to have to prove that he could stay healthy and that the physical is wrong. But I mean, or he's going to have to accept a shorter term deal. So like he's getting like a twelve year deal. So maybe he goes and gets like a five year deal or a four year deal or a two year deal. We'll see what happens. But I mean, my man is definitely not getting a long ticket for that much money. So. Yeah, man. I I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. I agree. I think it maybe winds up being a shorter deal for Correa. These teams, maybe he gets a three to five year deal similar to the one he signed with the Twins last offseason. 
Because, yeah, that's the thing. If, is that you're going to pay this guy that much money and then, you know, not have him available for, you know, most of the deal. That would be absolutely horrible. But for the short term, let's talk a little bit of short term with here with Correa. He was decent last year. You know, the that Minnesota Twins team was uh, absolutely putrid, so that kind of held him back personally. But Correa did play 136 games last year, had 70 runs, 22 bombs, 64 RBIs. He does not steal bases, so zero steals. But he had 291, which is very, very uh, exceptional. Now, I personally have Correa ranked nine at shortstop and then at third base he bumps up a little bit to seven but if he doesn't stay with the Mets I think that drops down you know I think there's some guys that I personally have under him if he's not with the Mets that will um, jump up on him because that Mets lineup is going to be the thing that makes Correa um, over the top because you got Pete Alonzo you got all those other big bats uh, Stalin Marte they just got a, a Francisco Lindor they just have a bunch of guys that you know playing around Correa I think will make him better but if he goes to it, if, you know, if this deal does not go through, goes to a team, you know, like the Twins again, I think it bumps him back down. So, uh, Matt, you agree with that? And uh, where where do you have him in your rankings? I mean, I agree. Like, he, if he doesn't stay with the Mets, he's definitely getting bumped down. But right now, at third base, I have him at eight. And it's just because it's third base. Third base is atrocious, yeah, yeah. right? So, I mean, I just have, I, I just have, like, Gunnar Henderson right behind him, Miguel Vargas, Max Muncy. And then Anthony Rendon, like those are the guys right under him. It's a it's a crapshoot. The upsides there with Hend- um with uh, Gunner and you know Vargas with and then Muncy's you know hopefully playing a healthy season this year and can have a nice bounce back. So, but other than that, I mean Carlos Correa could hit you forty bombs in your third base slot, and that's really nice. So, because I mean third base is not deep, and there's just a lot of question marks surrounding the guys that I just read off. So yeah. I like Correa at third at shortstop. I have him. I have him at twelve, but be honest he gets traded he's getting bumped down and bumped down pretty good i mean I, i'll probably drop him behind like right behind him is tommy edmonds and xander bogarts and pena like i'll probably drop him below pena and that'll put him at um at, at 15 so you know it's one of those things where i could totally see him dropping and then calling it a day because unless he gets a landing spot like the yankees on the cheap yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting for sure. Yeah, but that'd be one of the few teams I'd be like, okay, or the Dodgers, the bolt evil empires, you know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think the thing with Correa right now is if he stays with the Mets, um, he's definitely draftable and the value goes up. If he, uh, if this contract doesn't go through when he signs with a lesser team, he bumps back down. I will say this, though, before we do move on, uh, you know, I, I go by um, right now the only platform that's really doing drafts that's, uh, you know, mainstream is NFBC. And over the last month, Carlos Correa is being drafted as the 16th shortstop off the board, pick 127. And I will say this, if he stays with the Mets, that's great, great value. Because I think if he's with the Mets, he's a top 10 shortstop, definitely a top 10 third baseman. But with all that being said, let's move on here. Let's go over to the the, the big Dalton, uh, Dalton Varsho trade, which is super interesting. Once again, I've, I've heard... Um, from all over the place, different ends. Uh, someone, uh, Blue Jays got the better deal. Arizona's got the better deal. I think overall, it's a great trade for both teams in baseball and in fantasy. The Blue Jays get themselves a nice little lefty bat with Varsho, and Varsho had a, a great year last year. Let's go over those stats. Uh, Dalton Varsho last year played 151 games, had 79 runs, 27 bombs, 74 RBIs, 16 steals, and hit 235. I think that's an absolute top 10 if not five catcher heading into this year he's going to play outfield for them so you know you're going to get a guy that's going to play every day at your catcher position that's already an advantage 
the only spot he's going to kill you in is the batting average. So four tool guy here. I think the runs go up over 85. I think the bombs stay at 25 plus. The RBIs are going to go way, way up. He, I could see him getting 90, even 100 RBIs for Varsho with that lineup, Vladdy and Bo and the the rest of the crew there. And then he's going to chip in at hopefully at least 10 steals. He's a steals guy. He's pretty quick for, you know, a bigger dude. Uh, I love Dalton Varsho, and I believe I have him at eighth right now. And if everything looks good, he's got a good spot in that lineup. I will move him up. Matt, uh, thoughts on the, the Varsho side of this trade? I love Varsho for this. I mean – it's going to be a lot better than being on the Diamondbacks for sure. I mean, Diamondbacks oh, are going yeah. to be a good team this year. I think they're going to be sneaky. You know, they may not make the playoffs, but they're going to make a splash this year. They have a lot of young talent. But I don't think he was a good fit in that lineup, truthfully. Uh, one, it's just he's playing catcher, and then he's not really playing the outfield all as much either. So he's not really getting those the everyday reps where he's going to get in Toronto. So because, you know, he's not going to play uh, catcher over – over Kirk, like it's just not happening. He's only going to be in catching, catching when Kirk needs a break. So that means he's going to have a full time role in the role in the outfield, and he's going to be able to, you know, stay healthy, get in a rhythm. You know, maybe we can see that that batting average bounce back a little bit, and he can actually show off his real skills. I think he's going to be incredible this year. I have him as my. Hmm, well, I can't read today. My number eight overall catcher, but that could yeah, rise. We're in sync. We're in sync. That could rise. I mean, I could see myself moving him up, up above Sean Murphy, who's one slot ahead of him. And, you know, it, it's it's a crapshoot. I think that there's a lot of upside. And that, that Blue Jays team is just incredible, you know. But if we were to move over to the Blue Jays side of that the um, – I'm sorry, the Diamondback side of that trade, I think they won that that trade because they should have – Monero should have gotten gone for way more. Like, personally, I think that, if anything, they could have shipped him off to any other team and got a haul. Because he was their number one prospect, and he's and he's a great catching prospect. Out of nowhere, there's a bunch of great catching prospects. Crazy amount. Yeah, it's absurd. Um, the fact that they had three at this point, because they also have Danny Jansen, too. It's just, yeah. it's mind-blowing. So, you know, Monero's going to be great. He had a nice little stint. Um, let me pull up his stats real quick. He um, he was he looked impressive. His minor league stats were great. But this is what Monero did this year. Moreno. 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 I keep messing up his name. <laughs> It's Sorry, awesome. everybody's just gonna have to get used to it. The more you listen, the more you realize <laughs> I'm completely illiterate. Uh, so, but I mean, in at 69 at bats, um, he had, he had 319, which is really nice. He had 10 runs, a bomb, and you know, and a rib and seven ribbies. That's really nice for his first time. You know, didn't get shaken by the bigs, which is which is something that's that's a good sign for this year, especially you know going coming out in the bigs. And what's nice is you know I would usually say hey new team, new city, and, you know, you may have a down year, but he's a prospect that, you know, first time up. So he really was probably bouncing around anyway and didn't even have an apartment yet in Toronto. So, you know, he's probably going to be okay because he's got to readjust anyway. And if he's able to deal with the pressure, now he's going to be a full-time starter and, and uh, Diamondbacks kid's going to be great. I really like him. Uh, I actually have him ranked at, at 12, catcher 12 which is a fair fair one right below MJ Melendez, but I could always be swayed to move him down. I just love Melendez a little bit more. But Monero can have, has a lot of upside, and he's really interesting, especially like a dynasty startup or, you know, he could be somebody that you want to target. He's not he's not going to be, uh, what do you call it, eligible as a rookie draft, but he will be available just for regular picking. He's somebody I'd be eyeing just, just for the long-term value. He could be a solid, solid young young catcher for you. Yeah, man, that that's solid uh, analysis there on uh, Mr. Gabriel Marino. 
I think the thing you need to keep an eye on is if they're actually going to roll with him out the gate because I'm hearing a lot of different things. I don't know if he's going to be out there opening day. Uh, he should be by every means. He's a lot better than Carson Kelly, who, you know, the Diamondbacks are throwing out there at the moment. So I do have uh, Moreno ranked 14. Matt and I are very, very close on that one. It's just a matter of keeping your eye open. And we'll keep you updated here at the MDs if he's going to be out there for opening day come draft season. But as of right now, I'm hearing a lot of mixed things. Matt read you off the, the kid stats. He wasn't shaking in the big leagues, um, in the minor leagues his whole career. He's hit over almost 300 every year. There was a year he had 280. And then as a 17-year-old, I'm going to throw that one out the window. He had 248, but that was only 32 games. Every other year, guy's been over 280. Most of those years, over 300 for Moreno. If he gets that nod opening day, guys, you definitely he's going to be a sneaky, sneaky pick in drafts. He's mostly going to get again, a Will's way in. Yeah, 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 I think so too. But I want to say, just uh, the Lord of Scoriel was also traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks in that trade. Uh, it just makes his value go down because he's not going to be on that good team anymore. And um, I don't know, maybe he bounces back, but I'm not too high on him. But we'll yeah. keep it moving. We'll keep it moving here, guys. Uh, you know, last uh, little segment, uh, little, last uh, little part of the finger on the pull segment is going. We're going to talk about Trevor Bauer, guys. He's back. Uh, we're not going to really get into too much of what happened with them or what he did, you know, because we're, we're not really that kind of podcast, but we do want to talk about Trevor Bauer's fantasy value. So Trevor Bauer was originally suspended 324 games. Uh, now it's, uh, down to 194 games and he's, uh, immediately, uh, reinstated. I believe the difference of, uh, games he's going to, uh, salary is going to be taken away from him. So the thing is that the Dodgers have until January 6th to make a decision on him. And, you know, he's in the last year of that three-year, $102 million contract. See, so it looks like the thing is um, whether or not the club sever ties with him, they will be on the hook for $22.5 million next year. So I believe that's why the Dodgers are um, weighing their options at the moment. Now, they could trade him. They straight out cut him, which I don't think they're going to do because, once again, they're on the hook for $22.5 million either way. So you could see him back in that Dodgers uniform. Now, I I like Trevor Bauer. I'm not going to get too bullish on him. You know, Matt and I have had some discussions off air that made me, you know, change my original um, opinion on Bauer. I was, I was jumping at the bit. You know, Bauer's going super, super late right now in drafts. It will bump up if he stays with the Dodgers. I will say this. I just want to throw out Trevor Bauer's stats from um, 2020 and uh, 2021 combined. Once again, if baseball reference ever wants to work with me, we know that um, that website is a pain in the butt. Uh, okay, so let's just go for the individual stats again because it's not going to work right this second, but it will work like a minute from now. So in 2020, uh, once again, there you go. Pops up as soon as as soon as I'm ready to move on. Baseball reference is like, nah, we'll give it to you. So, okay, Gotta love 2020. It. 2021 combined for Trevor Bauer. 13 wins, 9 losses, over 28 starts, 180 innings, 237 strikeouts, and a 0-9 whip. So for 2020-2021, Trevor Bauer was absolutely brilliant, ace-like, if not um very, very ace-like. But the thing is, and once again, I'm going to give Matt a little credit for this. You know, he's talking me into the guy hasn't pitched, you know, since 2021. You don't know what you're really going to get. Guy's a tinkerer, so he may be having, oh, I'm going to work on this, I'm going to work on that, and then he comes out and guys are just rocking him for home runs. I will say this, though. you If you can get Trevor Bauer as your fourth, fifth pitcher on your fantasy team, I think it could be worth it for you in the long run. Now, Matt, uh, once again, I kind of know how you feel, but let, uh, let's hear the fans uh, get your thoughts on this one, brother. Yeah, man. I mean, Trevor Bauer is 
just two years removed from baseball essentially. And, yeah. you know, we can look at the, the other, the other creep in, in NFL who was pretty much two years removed from football and, you know, just isn't playing well, you know, not saying he won't again, but it's one of those things where it's, they're, they're going to shake off the rust. And like Dom said, he's a tinkerer. So you don't know what he's changing the off season or if he worked out at all in the off season. So yeah, you, you don't know, know what this guy, you never know. It, so I wouldn't be like running to go get this guy, but I mean, like Dom said, fourth, fifth pitcher, you know, 50, 60s round pitcher. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay. I'm okay with that, but I'm not picking him as my two. Like I was two years ago before he did all that creepy stuff, you know, Mr. Hansy, but yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'm just, uh, it's just one of those things where you can't trust him. But if he, if he returns to form, he could be a really nice, you know, value and and really return on that investment but again i w- I'm, I'm not drafting them before that if somebody else wants to go take them as their pitcher one two three four I mean, one two three enjoy because if he flops you're going to flop hard and you're going to feel it i'd rather be conservative on this one and move on yeah yeah so guys that's pretty much it on trevor bauer just well at the mds we'll keep you in uh, locked in um as to where trevor bauer winds up if it's a, if it's a, if he goes back to like somewhere like Cincinnati, I'm just totally out on him. But if he goes to the Dodgers, it's going to be very interesting, especially since the Dodgers are known to be very, very good with pitchers. So now we're going to move into our main segment of you know the episode. This this segment is going to be called "Should You Be Concerned with These Players Heading Into the 2023 Fantasy Baseball Season." Now Matt gave a little tease at one of the guys that was you know uh, going to be in the segment. He didn't say too much, but you know a little little tease. Anthony Rendon. Right, a uh, guy, super, super interesting guy. He was dominant for for a very, very long time. Um, I believe it was 2016 through 2019. Once again, let's hold baseball ref up. Uh, baseball reference. Finally, you're working with me here. I like that. I like to see that. So, from 2016 to 2019, for Anthony Rendon, he played 585 games, 377 runs, 103 bombs, 403 RBIs, 26 deals, and hit 299. Now, for Anthony Rondon, those averages, uh, those numbers average out to, you know, for a full season, 94 runs, 26 bombs, 101 RBIs, six deals, and that 299 batting average I mentioned. Uh, he's 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 great when he's on the field, but for the last two years, he has not been on the field. Last two years, Anthony Rendon played uh, 58 games in 2021, and he played 47 games last year. He's going to be 33 years old, you know, um, this upcoming season, and he's got that wrist. You know, he's coming off that wrist surgery. It's going to be very interesting to see how he does, how he performs. I believe I have him 14 at third base. That could definitely move up if, you know, he looks great in spring training. That, that, that lineup is definitely a good lineup if everybody stays put. You know, if Trout, Otani, um, I love Logan Ohapi. If you guys don't know about him, he's a catching prospect that came up last year for the Angels. I'm very, very high on Logan Ohapi coming into this year. So that lineup's going to be good if everyone stays put. Matt, what's your thoughts on Rendon on the high end? If he's, if everyone stays and, you know, um, he, the injury's not bad, where do you have Rendon right? Uh, right now, I actually have him. Let me flip back. There was a trade that just made with the Yankees. I was checking it out. Oh, I dropped the news, brother. What happened? Anything interesting or what? To be honest, they just received a, an infield prospect from the Braves, and they gave away like nobody. So and Anybody that we would know here? Or? No. Okay. Nah. Fair enough. That's why I'm not talking about it. I was, I was, <laughs> I was really seeing enough. if I even wanted to break the news. Yeah, but, fair enough, fair enough, brother. But uh, let me get back to this real quick now that I'm all scrambled. 
So it's all right. Mr. Rendon here, I have him at number 12 in third base rankings. It's fair. You know, I can't, I can't rank him over like Max Muncie or, or Miguel Vargas or Gunnar Henderson. If he's healthy and he's showing it, he's not hurt in spring. He may get a bump up because I mean, Hey, he could be a serious value for me. In in my opinion, if he plays a full season, he, he could be a top five third baseman. But the, the question is, will he? Possible. Because he, he's also spending time in the Montessi wing. And, you know, the Flanges rehab is long. And sometimes we just don't recover. And that seems like what's the case with Rendon. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And then it's a question of how long. So, you know, if he's built into it's built into his draft price at this point. You know, I don't yeah. think you're going to see him in the top 100 picks. And it's not going to be feeling comfortable drafting him. But, you know, if you do draft him, you're probably like, oh, well, I missed out on a better third baseman. Let me play the upside right here and let me scoop him up. Matt, let me say this. He is absolutely buried right now in uh, NFBC. Right now, the, mm-hmm. over the last month in NFBC drafts, Anthony mm-hmm. Rendon is coming off the board as the 20th third baseman, Matt, at, two, at pick 261. Let's go. Yeah, that's a value. That's our, I'll take that all day. If you can get Anthony Rendon at pick 261, you take that all day and you walk away happy. Uh, as Matt was saying, you know, the he, the injuries are building up over the years with him. And as you get older, you know, uh, as Matt and I can both attest, the injuries, you know, they, they get harder to bounce back from. But at that kind of value, you take Anthony Rendon as the, the 20th third baseman coming off at 261. He's going behind guys like John Birdie, Ryan McMahon, Josh Rojas, uh, Matt Chapman. Uh, I, I'll take Anthony Rendon over all of them all day. But with that being said, let's move on, Matt. Let's move on to one of my favorite, favorite um, players of all time. Guy that I've loved since he was a rookie. That's uh, Chris Bryant of the Colorado Rockies. So now last year was not kind to Chris Bryant. Uh, you know, he had a lot of back issues that kept acting up on him. You know, and it's ne- you never really want to hear back issues because that's something that can linger not only for months but for years. So you don't like to hear that, especially he's going to be 31 in this upcoming season. But then, you know, it seemed like he had worked his way back from the back issue, and then he got plantar fascia. Plantar fascia is not something that, you know, is uh, as bad as a, as a back issue. So we're going to hope for better health from Chris Bryant uh, this upcoming season. But when Chris Bryant was on the field for the 42 games last year, he was absolutely great. He uh, had 28 runs, five bombs, 14 RBIs. Unfortunately, didn't chip in a steal, but he, he can steal you some bases, and he hit 306. Yeah. I think for Chris Bryant, sky is the absolute limit for him. Uh, he could I'll, – I'll give out a, a prediction line. If Chris Bryant plays 140 to 150 games next year, the runs in RBIs might not be great for him in that Colorado lineup, but look at somebody like CJ Crone who had a pretty solid year last year in those departments. I could see 85 runs from Chris Bryant with 30-plus bombs. Uh, maybe 75 to 80 RBIs, 7 to 10 steals, and he's going to hit over 300 in course. So if you can get that from Chris Bryant where he's falling down draft boards um, tremendously, I'm not sure how you know all the platforms are going hand to handle his position eligibility since he only played 42 games last year. But if um, you know Yahoo is where Matt and I you know, usually play our fantasy baseball, if Yahoo is kind, they might leave him with first, third, and outfield like he did have last year, and that would be absolutely amazing. And I'm just going to end it with this right now. Um, NFBC ADP on Chris Bryant, thirty number thirty two outfielder, pick one thirty six. I'm I'm taking that all day long. I have him ranked in my top twenty outfielders. I got him in my top ten third baseman, 
And I'm not sure if I left him in my first base rankings. I did, and I have him as a top 10 first baseman, guys. Uh, Chris Bryant is an absolute steal right now in uh, fantasy drafts, guys. So I would go out there and take him all day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't I don't see him playing third base. I don't that getting the third base eligibility or first actually only have him ranked as an outfielder. But if that if we get word that he's going to be there, I'll add him. But I don't see it happening because he did play 40 games, and I don't even think he caught the eligibility mark. So it is what it is. But, you know, in terms of RBIs, though, like you said, you don't think it's going to be there. But, I mean, the lineup actually isn't horrendous. Like, there's there's uh, McMahon, there's Crone, there's Blackman, there's Rogers. So there's people that can get on base yeah, and yeah, go yeah. in front of him and, you know, get him them ribbies. Driving a home is another question, so the runs may be lower. But the bomb skis are going to help you get that boost because, I mean, if he's healthy and he plays a full season – you're probably looking at like 45, 50, and, you know, he might even have a wonderful season of 60 home runs. But, the, you know, that's a bold prediction. But the, <laughs> yeah, a little bold. But the guy's got power. I mean, I swear to God, he might as well be like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of baseball because he can just hit the ball. And then you add Colorado to the factor, ah, the ball's going to – he's going to crush that ball and it's going to look like it's it's going it's going to the next down over. So, you know, Chris Bryant is my number 15th overall outfielder right now. I think that he's an absolute yeah, steal. Yeah. Uh, I, there, there's not, nothing more you could really say about him outside of the fact that, you know, the back injury concerns me. And even though he worked his way back, you know, it's something that could linger. Like, look at look at Clayton Kershaw yeah. and how that kind of, like, acts up. And then it's a question of how long and how many times. So let's see what happens with that. I'm not ready to predict, put him down as, like, a flanges guy yet. But, you know, if he does it this season – we're gonna we're gonna have problems, but I, I don't foresee it. You know, it's not his mo. So you know, let, let's just hope that you know Chris Bryant returns to returns to his normal health form, and we get a full season out of him because he, he might even be a steal. Yeah, guys, a, draft him, draft him everywhere. I'm telling yeah, you, draft him everywhere. He's worth the risk. But let's move on to to somebody that I kind of fell on last year, and I, I was rightfully so in this Mister Jack Flaherty. Yeah, I was hoping I was hoping you were going that way. I, I pulled up all the stuff for him. I was hoping we were in sync, and we are. We <laughs> always are, man. Great minds. I know. Alike. I, I know. This That's is... why uh, we, we might not have the same mother, but we definitely are brothers. <laughs> Amen to that, man. This is what happens, guys, when you know a guy for like almost twenty years. Yeah, right. Twenty plus going on at this point. <laughs> exactly. So you know, we're, we're kind of always reading each other's minds. But Jack Flaherty actually is like an incredible talent. The only problem with him is. He, his shoulder is just atrocious. He's actually been pitching with it torn for the last two, two, three seasons, and yeah, that's what, since twenty twenty one, right? So that's that's what saying, yo, like kid, kids a kids a baller. He just plays through pain. But when he returned last year from his injuries, he did not play so well right off the bat. In thirty six innings, he had thirty three Ks, which usually his K per nine is a lot higher than that. So that's a little troublesome. And then he had a four two five year right, but yet you know what? Not for nothing. He's he's usually a lower ERA guy, like in the mid threes, low threes, and to be honest, he has the upside to throw a sub three. He 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 could be in Cy Young contention because he's that good. But the problem is he's been injury riddled, and he he's honestly I think one more season the flangey issues, and he's another flangey's category person. So you know he's somebody to watch out for. I don't have him drafted all that high because I just don't trust him all that much. Yeah, where do you have him ranked, man? I'm actually so curious. I don't even know. I don't. I don't even know. Like, uh, I'm not even sure where you have him ranked. I'm just I, so curious. I buried him this year. Funny enough. Oh, you're crazy. Forty nine. That's oh, not bad. It's not atrocious, but like at it's the same bad. time, last going in the last season, I had him before yeah. he got before he got hurt. I had him going in as like a top fifteen pitcher. Literally, yeah. he's dropped thirty spots for me. So yeah, that's true. Like it's saying something because I really do love the talent, but I I am scared 
by how he returned. And, you know, one thing you would say is that a guy's coming back off like he's a little rusty. The Ks will be there and the ERA would be high, but the Ks aren't even at a K per nine. It's below. So that, that kind of scares me. Did he lose? Did he lose something? Also, too, are they ever going to get the shoulder repaired? Because all they did was injections last year. So could he miss a good chunk of the season yeah. again? So I'm just I'm, a, I'm very concerned. What do you got for him? Okay, so I have him ranked 40th, and I'm, so we're not, not too far apart. You know, nine spots isn't crazy at that range. You know, in the when, once you get down there, guys, and uh, when we're gonna get, we're gonna have like maybe two full episodes dedicated this year to starting pitcher ranks because Matt and I our starting pitcher ranks go so deep. I know I'm, I'm at over 120 already. I know yeah. Matt's up there probably around a hundred plus as well. Same. So we're going to, we're going to do some cool stuff here. So nine spots at starting pitcher. Once you get past like, you know, 40 is... yeah, exactly. So, you know, our, our starting pitcher ranks go deep guys. So stay tuned for those episodes, but Jack Flaherty specifically, right now, Matt was saying, you know, um, he came back from that shoulder injury and he didn't look great. That man. And you, you're hundred percent right. But, his final two full starts of the season, they looked pretty good. They weren't great, but they were good. So on September 22nd against the San Diego Padres, which is no slouch of a team, Flaherty went six innings, struck out nine. Uh, only he Well, he walked four, which isn't great, but he only gave up five hits. So the whip was a little high there. And then he went out on September 30th against the Pirates. Once again, Jack Flaherty here. Six innings, six Ks, one earned run. Uh, two walks, four hits. So, you know, that's a clean whip right there. And I think he was starting to find his way back. But, you know, as Matt said, that shoulder's just been uh, so bad for the last two years that literally Flaherty can go out there on opening day and knock on wood because we don't want this for him. You know, we're huge Jack Flaherty fans here. He can go out on opening day and that, that can be it for him. And you don't see him the rest of the year, God forbid. But the thing is, when Jack Flaherty's good, he's great. So Jack Flaherty from 2018 to 2021, uh, these are his stats. 32 wins, 22 losses, 85 starts, 3-2-1 ERA, 466 innings, 547 strikeouts, and a 104 whip. So once again, uh, he could be he could be a great number two pitcher. He even has the upside to be an ace. He's only going to be 27 years old. So he's somebody, once you get, you know, past pitcher 35, you know, you get to that 40 range, you know, maybe you're number four pitcher in a, you know, in a 10 man league and the 12 man league, you know, I don't know if I'd want to take him as my third, but I could see it happening. If, if everyone, you know, starts a bang, 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 bang on the pitchers, you know, and all those pitchers start to fly off the board and you want some upside. If, you know, if you're a little bit ballsy and, and you, and you want to go that route, I won't be mad at you. He moves down a couple of spots for me, but I kind of like him at that range. Once again, Jack Flaherty here, just a super, super interesting pitcher. But Matt, let's uh, move on to our last guy here. Somebody that, um, you know, you personally were a little bit high on last year. And I know I, I, I knocked you a little bit for it, but that's Lance Lynn of the Chicago White Sox. Matt, you want to, you want to take the lead on this one, brother? Yeah, I'll share my shame. So we had our, <laughs> we had our big fantasy draft and um, I picked Lance Lynn. Like my first pick, um, it was also keeper league, so not like first pick. Keeper league, keeper league, yeah. keeper league. Yeah, so we, he, we do. Uh, I think we do eight keepers in that league. Yeah, so you know it was one of those things, and I'm like, all right, and I'm, I wasn't super high on him this season before, and I was, I was like, I came around, and I pick him, and guess what? The day of the draft, two hours after my after my pick, blows his ACL out, misses half the season, 
So, um, yeah, that was wonderful. But Lance Lynn, also, when he came back, wasn't hot. Like, it was ugly at first. But then he kind of, kind of like, was getting back into form, but wasn't fully Lance Lynn, which kind of scares me. Just because, you know what, a guy like that is older too. Dom, how old is he, like 34, 35? He's up there, right? Uh, I have it up. He is going to be 36 this upcoming year. So Yeah, he's old. So... Man, I'm not too far, and I'm calling him old. God help me. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things. But he did finish not so horrendous. So, like, the Caper 9 was there. He had pitched 121 innings. He had 124 Ks. And he did finish a sub-4 ERA with a 3.99, which is encouraging. So, maybe he bounces back. But I'm not, like, drafting him how I was drafting him last year. I have him lower. I have him as my pitcher 40. So, that's, like, your fourth, third pitcher, depending on how what the size of your league is. And you know he he could be um, he could be a nice little boost at the three. I can't trust him as a two. Definitely not a one. I don't think he has the one upside anymore. So you know it's one of those things where you know just take him and if he hits, he hits. He could be a great value. And you know what? If somebody else wants to draft him as their two, let them take that landmine. And you just sit back and be like, I'm I'm not taking those kind of those kind of risks. Yeah, oh, God, uh, I'm so. So torn about Lance Lynn coming into this year. Because as Matt said, you know, the injury, and then he came back and he didn't do great. But over his last 12 starts, he was actually really good. So Lance Lynn last year, over his last 12 starts, pitched 74 innings, 75 Ks, 2-4-3 ERA. And it was a little bit under one whip. Like, a, I believe it was like a 9 whip. So he was great down the stretch, you know, when he was healthy. But here's where I – here's my comp, right? I want to comp him to Charlie Morton. You know, they're both a little bit older and Charlie Morton, you know, he had a great age 37 season, but you know, his 38 last year, he didn't do so good. And, you know, in um, 2020 as a 36 year old, uh, Charlie Morton wasn't good that year either. You know, obviously they're different, you know, the different men, but once you get older, you know, um, unless you're Nolan Ryan or Verlander or Kershaw, you know, you really don't see these pitchers doing, you know, that great. So I have Lance Lynn ranked 42nd, you know, right behind Jack Flaherty, by the way. And it's just so tough. I don't know if I'd actually go out there and take him as my four. But once again, I could see it happening. You know, I could see myself going out there and and taking Lance Lynn as my four. I'd prefer him as my five. But it's just going to be so interesting. It's just going to be so, so interesting what happens with uh, Lance Lynn next year. I'm I'm still not decided. Once we get to our starting pitcher, you know, uh, ranking episode and we have a little bit more information out there, I might have a more definitive uh, position here on Lance Lynn. But right now, it's just I'm, I'm so torn. I, I can see myself moving him down 10 spots. I can see me moving him up five spots. It's just I, I, I don't know what else to say besides I don't really know with Lance Lynn. Very, very, um, very, very tough. Very, very tough to make a call on him here. So, uh, Matt, anything else you want to chime in before we wrap this up? Nope. I think that's it, man. All right. Fair enough. All right, guys. So we'll be back sooner than later. After the new year, I think in January, we're going to start trying to ramp things up uh, to maybe one, at least once a week, Matt, maybe, maybe twice a week if things look good for the schedule. I don't know uh, what your schedule is looking like. You know, we'll talk about that off air. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll we, you know we'll figure that out for you guys. But stay tuned. You know the MD's got a lot, lot stuff coming for you this year. But until next time, guys. See you. Peace.